You're listening to My First by Athletes Media Group. My First is a series that takes athletes down memory lane as they reflect back on intimate moments and the highs and lows of their first professional game and their first professional season. On this episode of My First, we talked with Sacramento Kings legend Mike Bibby. We had a great conversation about the rivalry between the Kings and the Lakers, his family compound, his garage full of shoes, and yes, of course, that viral photo. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of My First, presented by Athletes Media Group. We have a very special guest today. We have the one and only Mike Bibby on the call. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. No problem. So you mentioned that you might not remember everything from the first game. Luckily, that was, 20, that was over 22 years ago. Yeah, luckily, we are kind of experts at Google. So we have some box scores and such ready to go. Um I guess my first hint I'll give you for your first game is Portland. Was it Portland? Nope. I remember that was my probably my first preseason game. Then who was the first real game then? Uh, it was in a city you know well. You were playing <laughs> Sacramento. Oh really? And uh, you had white chocolate on the other side. Uh huh. C Web Vlade. So we'll. Uh, I'm pretty sure we didn't win. Um, yeah, understatement. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely didn't win. <laughs> yeah, that was, a rough, that was a rough year that year. So uh, let, let's jump in. For what you do remember, this can even be first preseason game. Um, those You came from obviously a big pedigree from Arizona, uh, second overall pick, drafted in between what legends Michael Olua Candy and Rafael Friends. Who yep. could forget? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So you came in as a big name. What do you remember early on? Like, did you feel like you had to live up to hype right away? No, I mean, uh, when I first came in, I remember they were going to, Lee Mayberry was a starting point guard. So they were going to, they were going to bring me along slow. Um, and he ended up breaking his foot, like in training camp. So, you know, I was kind of thrown in the fire from the start. You know I mean? I don't think we had any other point guards besides us two at that, at that time. And, you know, I mean, just, I mean, our whole team was, it was hard because the veterans we had that were playing a lot were Sharif. I mean, I'm 20 years old and Sharif's 21, you know, and that's, that's my veteran country. Reeves probably 23 or 24. He's the veteran of the team. So, you know, I mean, I think it was just a different situation coming in, um, coming in Vancouver instead of to a team that has, um, older guys that are, were veterans and, you know, I mean, did what they had to do instead of coming to a guy, a bunch of young guys and just, you know, guys that a lot of teams didn't want because, you know, they had to draft and, you know, you get to protect eight people on the team. So it was kind of like a draft with all the guys that no one really wanted, you know what I mean? So it was tough coming in that situation, but um, being the number two pick, you, I mean, being a high pick, you have to, you have to take that. You know, I mean, it's gonna—it's not gonna be one of the good teams. You're gonna come in. You're probably gonna lose a lot. Uh, I remember we started out four and four that season, ended up going eight and forty-two. So, I mean, it was—it was—it was a tough season to kind of grasp a hold of. What did you think of Bryant Reeves the first time you saw him? He's a monster. You know, I, mean, <laughs> I think—I think when he when he put his mind to playing, I think he was probably one of the best centers in the league at the time. I mean, he just—he's a big guy. You know, six ten, seven foot. 
you know, could score, big body, could shoot, could has a nice jumper. So I mean, it's just when he put his mind to playing. I think he, I think he was one of the top players at that time. So Mike, your first game was coming off of the lockout. Um, can you take us a li- uh, through a little bit of what that process was like for you as a player, and specifically as somebody who hadn't played in the NBA yet? Um, I finished. I started in the lockout, and I ended my career in a lockout. So I, I, there's not very few people that could say they were in both lockouts. So. Um, it was just tough coming in. You know, you had to, it wasn't an ordinary summer. You know, you, I think we started in like right after January, played um, 50 games. And I mean, it, it, it was, it was tough. You know, you're playing four or five games in one week. And, you know, that age, you, you're playing that many games and that, that quick, I mean, bodies break down, you get tired and stuff like that. The losing wears on you. It's cold in Vancouver. I'm seeing rain every day. I haven't seen rain this much in my life. Uh, I'm from Arizona, so I don't, we're still waiting. We're going over like a hundred some days with no rain. So I think we're still waiting for that. But uh, it, it was just hard being a young kid. I was still a young kid at the time and having to go into a situation like that, I think it was tough. So it's kind of the business side of the game being thrust upon you almost immediately. Did that kind of ruin the, uh, the specialness or the moment of entering the league for you at all? No, I mean, that's what I knew. It was, I knew it was something with that. I, was, I wasn't really sure, but... You know, I know I know what this is about. You know, my, my dad played professional, um, and so I, I mean, I know I know what I know what comes with it. And you know, I mean, that's the dream job that I wanted to have. That's what I wanted to do with my life was play basketball. You have to take the good and the bad. So yeah, you mentioned your dad, Henry, played in the NBA. You had great pedigree, big career at Arizona. Were there any nerves for that first game, or was it just something you had to go do yet again? Um, I got. I'd have nerves before every game, even, you know, the, my 13th, 14th season, you know, I got nerves every game, no matter what game it was, but, you know, as soon as you get out there and the ball, the jump ball goes up, they kind of go away. But um, I remember the first, the game I remember was going against Portland trailblazers and uh, going against Damon Stoudemire, you know, a tough, tough point guard, you know, it's quick, get a shot off score anytime he wants and then everybody after that it, it was tough like seeing they came out and trapped me right away I remember that because I was like oh shit <laughs> okay they got Scotty Pippen you know Rasheed Wallace Bonzi Wells Davis Sabonis so I mean I'm getting trapped by you know 6'11 6'8 guys all over the damn place and I was just like my eyes was like damn what did I get myself into you know what I mean and I mean but it was you learn like that I, I, mean, I had fun with it it was good so you mentioned some of these illustrious names that, that were trapping you. Um, do you. Did you draw any experiences from your college title run during that first game, during some of these first games that um, you're maybe in environments that you're not used to? It's, to, it's to, two totally different things. You know, um, You know, college is different, but going in the NBA, and like I said, you, like I said, that's the first game I remember going against those guys. And I think that was, might have been the first preseason game and just – eyes wide open I was I like I couldn't believe it Scotty Pippen and all these guys I used to look up to growing up now they're trapping me all over the place and and, and you know I mean trying to you know win the game so I mean it, it, I love I loved it I mean it was a learning experience for me but I loved it did once you joined the Kings uh did any of those guys remember you from that that first game like hey we were there when you when you first started um I don't think they was like that, but the, the good thing about going to Sacramento was when I got traded, I remember Mike Heisley came to me and, you know, we we're going to say, we're going to move the team and I want to put you in a situation that, 
that will benefit you. And you know, I mean, a lot of people won't do that nowadays. I mean, but and I told, I gave him like five places and you know, he came back and told me what's the number one spot you want to go to. And I said, Sacramento and maybe like a week or two had passed and, you know, I haven't heard anything, but we got a call from a guy in Sacramento that we knew, you know, growing up and it was like, Hey, Mike just got traded to the Kings. And I was in the gym shooting. It was probably like 12, it was like midnight, one in the morning. I was in the gym shooting and I was like, yeah, right. So I went to check my phone. I had a number, I had a call from uh, Vancouver and a call from Sacramento. So I was, you know, I was elated. I was, I was so happy. And just to be in a situation to go there, um, getting traded for a fan favorite, a team favorite with Jason Williams um, to come in and the way that the fans in, in the team treated me, you know, was second to none. And coming in, you know, I just wanted to fit in. My agent told me fit in, fit in, just go there. Don't try to do too much. The first half, they're already a great team. Just go in and fit in. And, you know, I think that's what I did. And the guys made me feel comfortable enough to where I felt good. You know, I could go out there and not have to worry about, you know, oh, we lost our point guard. Now we get this guy. So, I mean, it, it, that's just the, that was probably the best situation I, could, I probably could have been in with those guys. What specifically drew you to Sacramento that had them, had them at the top of your list? Just being, um, like I said, we, we weren't, I think we played them the last game of the season too. And, um, you know, winning, winning eight games and having the stands packed to come, you know, even though they're playing us and seeing the, the, the stands packed, it was just like, I was in awe, like, oh my God, I'd love to play in front of this every night. And, you know, that was probably the biggest, one of the biggest reasons. And just this, their style of play, you know, just freely and, you know, um, the way they passed, the way their big man's passed the ball, why everybody was unselfish and there was nobody had an agenda. Um, everybody always knew, you know, Webb was the, you know, alpha dog on the team and everybody, there was never egos on that team. Nobody had an ego on that team. And that's what made it so good you know, playing with those guys. So you mentioned that you thought it was the Blazers. Doing a little research, for your first 82-game season, it was the Blazers and the opener. So, so that, What about preseason? They show preseason on there? Preseason for the short, and I haven't been able to find. Um, um, I, I almost guarantee that, we, that it was the Blazers. <laughs> so, so, and you mentioned Jason Williams earlier. So with him being your matchup in that first game, did you – well, did you have any familiarity with that team? They had C Web, they had Vladi, they had J Will. Um, I mean, you know who those guys are, but you know, I mean, you watch film, you do all that stuff, and we knew we knew the way, the style that they played, and we knew it was going to be a tough game for us. And you know, I mean, everybody was wanted to see. I think we were probably the two, maybe the two first point guards picked, um, and everybody just wanted to see the matchup, you know, the highlights, and you know, and then the. Bob Cousy style, I guess you could say I was I played, but <laughs> uh, but I mean it was, it was just fun to go against them. You know, we played, we are still good friends with Jason to this day, so it isn't it isn't like that kind of made things a rift between us. So, did you personally know anybody else on the floor that night? And um, we're on on their team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I knew all those guys. I knew all of them. I mean, but you just play against them, and that you know that's all you can really know. You know, so so. Were there any talkers on the floor for that first game? Did the Kings have any talkers? Did you guys have any talkers? Not that I can remember. Were um, you a talker? Not that I can remember. No, I don't think anybody was talking. I, I mean, I can't really, like, playing. I look back, the only person I remember ever talking used to be Gary Payton. No, that doesn't sound <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like, there wasn't too many 
too many guys out there that, I mean, we're talking Kyle's, there was a lot of trash talking, like they tried to, you know, do that. But when you get to the NBA, I don't think there was really anyone like that. KG used to talk a lot. Uh, a lot of times he'd be talking to himself though. So, I mean, it was just, um, I mean, it's like, it's hard to remember, but I know those two guys for sure. Did you have any, wow, I'm on the floor with this guy moments that first game? Maybe that whole just, first year. Was it just yeah, all of it. All of it, just to, just to be in there. After a while, you know, you kind of get used to it. You're out on the court and stuff like that. But I said, like I said, when we played the Blazers, it's like all the guys that I used to look up to. You know, I watched Damon at U of A, and that was one a big reason why I went to U of A. Uh, was with the guards play that they had out there. So, I mean, just looking up to all those guys, Rasheed Wallace, Scotty Pippen, you know, Sabonis. I mean, you look at all that and just think like, wow, I find, I, I did make it, you know? So, do you remember your first technical? No. Uh, what, what about your first ejection? I don't know if I got ejected. I, I don't know if I got ejected that much to remember that. Surely uh, you had one. I remember getting in a little tussle with Bimbo Coles. Ooh. Um, it might how'd have Bimbo go? Coles. Yeah, how'd that go? It was, I mean, it was like we were in Cleveland. I think I got kicked out of that game. I, um, I think I was torching him. I think that's why he was mad at me. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But I remember going in for a layup, and he kind of, like, pushed me. So I tried to, like, grab him so I didn't fall. And he kind of, like, pushed me down to the ground. I got up. I kind of, you know – Ran up to him, got him in the headlock, kind of, and just tried to, you know, make sure he didn't punch me. Uh, and, you know, I mean, just they kicked us out. You know, I mean, he was over there by their bench. Um, so, I mean, it was, you know, the guys had my back. Sharif was out there, had my back, you know, Dickerson. So, I mean, that's that's probably the only time I really, really remember getting kicked out. I mean, there's been times I got two technicals before and stuff like that. But um, as far as I kicked out for – uh, maybe wrestling or fighting and stuff. That's probably the only time, I think. What was the ticket situation like for those early games for you? Did you have a bunch of family and friends you had to round up seats for? Um, in Vancouver, a lot of extra seats they had open. Uh, <laughs> Whoever was, wanted to wander uh, in. that many people coming to the game. So, you know, I had my brothers up there, uh, my family, so my son, my wife was up there. Um I only had one kid at the time. So my brothers and cousins, they all came with me being in a new country. You know, it was kind of tough, you know, be at 20 years old. So I, you know, I brought some family members with me just to make it a little easier for me. Did you have any thoughts on draft night to like pull a Steve Francis? Um, no, I didn't. I wouldn't do that. But um, I went in the before the, you know, once I found out that the Clippers weren't going to pick me, that's the only team I really worked out for. Um, so when Vancouver, Stu Jackson and, and Hill called me up to the office before the draft, cause draft was in Vancouver and, you know, they sat down and I just told him, I said, you know what, it's nothing against you guys, but I don't want to, I don't want to play here. You know, I told him that, and it, I mean, it had nothing to do with the team, had nothing to do with the city. It's just being a young kid and, and living in a new country uh, with a, with a two-year-old is tough. You know I mean? I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to do that right away. You know what I mean? And it would have been tough for me. And they just told me, you said, you know what? Uh, we're going to pick you anyway. 
So I'm like, okay, well, okay, they picked me. There's nothing I can do. I mean, I'm not going to cause a fuss like that. I just went out and played and, you know, did what I had to do. Everything happens for a reason, I think. So speaking of that first ejection, do you remember who it was? Uh, Cleveland. Did you remember who, what ref tossed you? No, I have no idea. What's your overall thoughts on the one name that always comes up on these is Steve Javi. We're going to get to Donahue later, but what do you think <laughs> about Steve Javi? <laughs> uh, I never had, I'd never really had any problems with any refs, really. Um, Steve Javi wasn't a bad, I mean, I, re, I never had no problems with refs. Tim Donahue? I don't, I mean, I didn't really notice until, you know, a little bit afterwards, but. Um, and then you were like, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but you but you could look at it, and I mean, that's just the way that the that the game's called. You know, they called superstars superstars for a reason. You know what I mean? And 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 that and that's where the game is. It's always been like that, and there's nothing you could change about that. I guess we're going to get into it later. Might as well talk about it now. That <laughs> the game six, I'm. It sounds like you're trying to pass it off like, oh, we should have played better and won. I'll say it if you're not going to say it. You guys got screwed. <laughs> I think I think it was I think it was a little something out there, but I mean, I know we were the best team in the league that season, and you know I mean there was every game we were up almost twenty points on them, and I mean I think they I think they knew, you know I mean you could look at some of the guys' face and knew like, damn we ain't gonna get past this one, you know what I mean, and then you know life was brought back into them, and you know I mean we didn't have the best game game seven, and you know it it, it sucks, but I mean shit it happens, you know. We can go straight to the horse's mouth. The, when, <laughs> when, when you caught Kobe's elbow, which was apparently your fault, um, what explanation did you get? I mean, I, they, from looking back at the tape, they acted like they didn't see it. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. There was really no explanation. They didn't give me any. And, I mean, just if you go look back and look at the film, it's just like it acts like nobody saw it. So um, I saw it. I said, I felt it. I felt yeah. it. But, I, mean, I was just hoping my nose wasn't broke, you know? So, but I mean, like I said, I, I know we were a better team at that time, you know, and it was just good to be in a situation to like that to play against. I think, you know, two of the top 10 players, eight players, seven players that ever played a game. So, I mean, Shaq was probably the most dominant big man that I've seen and played against. And, you know, Kobe's the second coming to Michael Jordan. So, did what is it true that Vladi would just hammer cigarettes? <laughs> uh, I seen him smoke a few. I mean, I'm but, talking halftime. Oh, I, I never seen him smoke at halftime. I didn't see him smoke at halftime. Um, are you winking at me? No, no, <laughs> I, I, I didn't see him smoke at halftime. But I, I've seen him smoke cigarettes before, but okay, I never so seen him smoke myth. at halftime. Uh, all right, all right, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> So going back to the first game, were there any lessons that you learned during that first game that served you well over the course of either your rookie season or down the, down the road in your career? Um, it was, I mean, it was hard. Like I said, like a lot of times I, I remember a lot is just coming down, throwing the ball in the post and going and standing over there. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it was tough in that aspect of, like you said, coming from Arizona and being able to play basketball the way – our strengths are and just come in here and just have to throw it in the post and, and go stand away. I mean, it was tough. First season was tough. You know, like I said, we, I think we had like three double digit losing streaks that season. And 
only off 50 games, that's not that's not good. You know what I mean? So we started out, like I said, we started out four and four and ended up eight and forty-two. So that's just now that, that's numbers. So I mean it was bad. When did the idea of of becoming an NBA player enter the picture for you? Um probably when I got to high school. Um I mean I was I was I grew fast. So a lot of times when I was younger. I on defense, I have to guard the biggest guy, but on offense, I was a point guard. So I grew grew quick. I thought I was going to be like six five, six six, you know, because my uncle, my dad's brother is like six six five, six six two. So I'm like hoping I get, you know, that height, but kind of stopped short. But um, once I got to, I play, played baseball, football, and basketball growing up, and you know, I landed on my neck one time when I was a freshman playing for the freshman team in, in football. And I, you know, I figured like, you know what, this is my last time playing football. I'm not playing football anymore. And I decided just to stick with basketball and, you know, Notre Dame gave me my first letter when I was in eighth grade. How'd you and not come here? We're in South Bend right now. How'd you not come to Notre Dame? I mean, I liked it. I mean, I, I appreciate Bob McLeod was the coach. So I, I appreciate that. But I mean, I just, I wanted to be close to home. You know, that's why I said I, I went to Arizona because, Coach Olsen and what they do for the guards, but it was also an hour down the street. You know what I mean? So I could come home and go back whenever I wanted. And, you know, that was a big thing in that too. But So you considered Notre Dame at least? Huh? You at least considered Notre Dame? No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I appreciate, um, you know, the getting the first letter. You know I mean? That's when I realized, you know, I was very level-headed growing up and and that kind of like, dang, somebody – college wants me you know what i mean at eighth grade and i mean i felt it made me feel good so from the time that you started thinking you know the nba is a possibility obviously you had quite a, a bit of time to kind of build up that dream or the expectation of what that debut would be like did the experience out on the court kind of match all the hype in your head in what when i in high school or just kind of the your anticipation for what it would be like to be an nba player it, I mean, it's a lot different than when you watch on TV and then when you're out there. It's a lot. It feels like it's a lot slower when you're out there and playing it. You know, what I mean, it's different to fans. I mean, it's just it's just different, to, totally different feeling. But um, yeah, I lived up to high. I loved it. You know, what I mean, the camaraderie that you have with guys. I still talk to a lot of the guys that I play with today, and I mean, that's the main thing that I missed when I when I retired was just being around the guys, going to lunch with guys when we get into town or going to dinner with guys when we get into town, hanging out, uh, doing that stuff. That's that's probably the biggest thing I miss. So fast forwarding a little bit, I want to talk about some of the other teams you were on in the NBA. Um, probably not going to go in order here. I'll start with that Heat team. That mm-hmm. would have been 2011. 11? Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the year with the finals with the Mavs. Mm-hmm. You are a well-established veteran by then. You'd kind of seen it all did it was it as awkward on the floor with like LeBron still trying to figure out how he fit in as it was as a fan watching to see where he just seemed like he was really unsure I don't know I'm gonna say he's unsure but I mean it was probably one of the toughest places that I had to play you know I mean it was a lot of a lot of pressure on them but as well as us you know I mean like it was there was a you know, I'm used to having a longer leash than I kind of had out there, but um, it's just, it was different. It was a different situation for me. Like I said, um, 
probably playing with arguably one of the best players of all time. And, you know, D Wade and Bosch at the same time and, and the role players that we had, um, I had never been in a situation like that before. And, you know, it, it was hard for me, you know, was, if I don't hit one or two shots, I know I'm coming out and, and that puts a lot of pressure on, uh, on, the, on anybody, you know, whether it's my 13th season or uh, first season, that, that's how I felt playing, playing there. And it, it was hard to play. Could you feel it in the locker room, the situation? To It really carried on through his whole career. I don't know if it's his fault or not, but when things went well, LeBron seemed to get a, lion, a lion's share of the credit. And when things didn't go well, supporting cast usually seemed to get a little bit more of the uh, questions. Did that make it even more high pressure? Like, in these small runs, I have to play well? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what made it the hardest thing for me. Like I said, I, there was been times like, dang, I got to knock this shot down. I got to knock this down. And if it don't go in, then now I'm looking over my shoulder wondering, you know, how much longer I got, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, it's it's hard to play like that. I mean, that's why when I coach today, I don't ever let these kids feel like a missed shot is going to get you taken out the game. And I mean, you got to play loose. You got to play with confidence. And if you don't, I mean, it shows, I mean, you show, it showed the way I played. I mean, I didn't play good at all in the finals. You know what I mean? It was just, like I said, it was a different situation for me. I'd never been in that type of situation. So I want to talk about another team that you were on, the uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, you were party to seeing Jeremy <laughs> Jeremy Lin just <laughs> essentially take the world by storm. What was it like being at the the heart of the storm of Lin Sanity? And what was it like when you'd be at practice, probably just giving him buckets the entire practice, and no, he would yeah, inexplicably I, like I, go get forty. Yeah, that, that, that was too. my fourteenth season, so you know a lot of the part time practice I was over on the sideline yeah. trying to get as much <laughs> break as I could, but. Um, I mean, it was different. Like, you look at it, and, I mean, he had probably, like, the best – one of the best four or five games start to a career in NBA history. And and the thing is was um, I remember they brought him in, and they were about to send him home that day. We were in Oakland. Um, I can't remember. I was hurt, and Barron was hurt. So they needed a point guard, so they kept him. And ended up doing all that in New York. You know, I mean, it was amazing. It was like, it was like kind of like angels in the outfield, like the way the. <laughs> the no, I'm, I'm not. It's not. I'm not like joking about it. I, I mean, know. Just like yeah, the, but I, yeah, just like the stuff that was happening, like the way the ball would hit the rim and spin and go in. I mean, just. A, I mean, they the guys were roughing him up. You know, I felt bad for him because like they they were like he'd go into the basket. They they he found him hard, hit him hard, and. Um, but he still held his ground. He, I mean, he had the, all the confidence in the world. And D'Antoni, you know, kind of let him, let him, let him play. You know, I mean, kind of, it kind of was for D'Antoni's type of offense. You know, pick and roll, come off, get it back. He wanted me to do that. I was like, I said, Mike, I can't do that. I'm almost 38 years old. I can't <laughs> run 10 pick and rolls in one 24 seconds. So um, it was just good. But I mean, like I said, it, it was a crazy situation. Like the way. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. It was real crazy. Did you ever let your mind wander to think maybe this is just who Jeremy Lin is? We have a superstar on our hands. Um, you know, I don't think that was for me to decide. You know what I mean? It's just the, him coming into the game. You know, we, we are teammates, and um, it just just watch to see him. It was good to see him do good. You know, what I mean, he was out there playing. You know, I mean, that you always want to see your teammates do good, and he 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 was doing great. But I mean, I th- I still think that was 
I still still think that was Melo's team. You know what I mean? I, there's nothing you can't take away from Melo. I mean, Melo's one of the best superstars I ever played with. And I, I remember telling Melo one time, he kept giving me the ball. And I said, Melo, I can't, I'm in my 14th season. You're the superstar. You got to make plays for us. I can't make plays for you no more. You got to make plays for us. And he realized, okay, okay. And that's when he started to do his stuff. So, Do you think Melo kind of has an unfair reputation now for how New York went? Um, I mean, obviously the no finals appearance and everything, but the dude got buckets when he was in New York and he, he took a franchise, you know, that was kind of struggling and at least made him relevant. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I love Melo's game. I, I still can't believe that he they, that he was having a hard time getting back in. Um, like I said, he was one of the best teammates I played with. Level-headed, you know, never, you know, I'd, I'd be telling him stuff and he'd be, you could tell you listen, you know, you listen to some guys, they, you start talking to them and they just like blow you off. But he, I mean, he'll listen, he'll sit there, he'll gamble with everybody. He, I mean, he'll do that stuff. I love Melo. I still do. You know, I love his game today. And, you know, I still think he has a lot of years left and, I mean, that's what he does. He scores. He gets buckets, and, and you got you need a guy like that. So before the um, run in the in the finals with the Heat, you spent a, a brief moment in Washington with the Wizards. <laughs> got to see a young John Wall. What was it mm-hmm. like being around that energy? And Gil. And Gil, of course. <laughs> no, Gilbert wasn't there. I didn't. I didn't see oh, he Gilbert. Not so just Gilbert John wasn't Wall. There. But um, I still, I, I still, they wanted me to think to. So I'd be a mentor to John Wall, but I still felt like I could, had a little bit left in me. You know what I mean? So I wasn't really, I wasn't ready to give up yet and just ride the bench and just, you know, be a, a rah-rah guy over there. I thought I still had a little bit left. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I left, you know, Washington. But I mean, just to, just to see him, I think, I think I, I think would have helped him a lot more if I would have probably stayed there and, you know, and, and mentored him. But you know, like I said, I, I wasn't ready to be done yet. So I was watching a YouTube clip earlier, and it was when, when Nate Robinson came to your house. Is is that where you're at right now, that same Yeah, house? I'm here right now. Okay, so at least I know when I go to Phoenix, I have somewhere to stay. So thanks for that. <laughs> and and are, were any of those shoes size 11 back there? No, it's, all, it's 12, 12 and a half, 13. I can double sock. It's not a problem. <laughs> we'll do that. But uh, what's it like? So you said you have family living nearby, right? Yeah, my brothers and, and sisters, my two brothers and sisters live on the same cul-de-sac. Is that always good, or is sometimes is it maybe you could use some space? No, it's, it's good. You know what I mean? Everybody stays in their own thing. We got a playground outside. You know, my main thing was to make sure that the kids have somewhere to go play um, with all these nutcases around, going around trying to take kids and stuff like that. I want to make sure they have a safe place to play and do whatever they want. But then they they get – their mind gets messed up to where they think they could go to their friend's house and just be outside and just do all the stuff that they think they could do here. And um, I think that's the only messed up part about it. But, you know, I, I love being around my family. I've been, I grew up, you know, tight knit with my family and, you know, I figured, you know, we bought the land, let's build these houses and, 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 and take care of them. You have your own zip code? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so within your family, obviously you got basketball, um, Uncle played played in Major League Baseball. Uh, cousins played in the NFL and in MLS. Um, such a, a diverse, uh, athletically gifted family. Who's the best athlete in the family? Um, in their prime. Yeah, in their prime for sure. I don't know. I mean, we we got there's a lot. I mean, we I mean we still we have arguments about that, and everybody thinks they are. So I'm gonna have to go with me. 
I play a little <laughs> bit of everything. I could I could play volleyball, I could golf, I could play tennis, I could I mean we 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 were gonna have the Olympics for everybody and put together all these sports, but it never came down to I think some of us got a little too old to try. Yeah, you could probably sell tickets to that. <laughs> I don't know anybody would want to see that. <laughs> so let's go back to the, to the shoes. Uh, when did that start? Uh, that's the good picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, I've always been a shoe guy. Um, it was, you know, it was with Jordan my first year. I mean, my whole career and to this day, but um, I'd always want shoes. Are, the, are all those Nike and Jordan in there? All Jordans. All Jordans. Mm-hmm. That's that's why. And it, was it really like 3,000 pair? Oh, it's a lot. You know, I mean, I've given away so much, you know, some of my kids that I used to coach the high school at and stuff like that. They'll come over and take shoes. They coach, I get called still. Hey, Coach Mike, can I get them get some shoes and just let them, you know, go in there and pick what they want and stuff like that. So um, it's a lot of shoes. I know it's like asking you to pick a child, but do you have a favorite or a go-to? Um. You know, all the retros are good. You know, I, I just love shoes. You know, just go in there and just be able to, you know, they make the clothes that match the shoes. So I'm matching every day and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I just, my favorite shoe would probably be, I like the 13s. Yeah, that's my choice too. How many of yeah. those shoes have you not worn yet? I haven't worn any of those in, in my, in that closet. <laughs> really? Yeah, I got, I got two closets. I got one in my bedroom and one in in the garage so you have a work closet and a show closet the garage yeah. is the single key one right the garage is a single key the one in my room i have a lot of stuff on the floor that i wear but i have i have shelves too that i a lot of shoes i haven't worn in there too so all right mike so we got to ask about the picture behind me what <laughs> made you decide to just become a monster <laughs> after you retired like no, just, i've always lifted and I, when I was playing, when I'd play, I'd come back from the summer and they'd always be like, Mike, you look like a linebacker. You can't be lifting that much. You can't lift that much. And, you know, with Adelman and Petrie and, and at, at that time, they uh, lifting weights was frowned upon. You know what I mean? So it didn't want you to really lift weights. So, I mean, I, I'm, I just got done with the gym. I, I get there at 830. I probably leave at 1230. So, I mean, I, I lift hard. I mean, I've always lift hard. So I'm still doing it hard. And you know, eat a little bit better. And I mean, it's 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 funner. You could just lift. I don't have to go in the gym and shoot and get ready for basketball anymore. So you know, I'm not worried about my shot. I can still shoot, but um, I just love lifting weights. I always have. What do you bench? Um, I never maxed out, but I mean, I could, oh yeah, you did, Mike. No, I never, bench? I never maxed out. I never, I never just did from one rep. I usually do like five. I could probably do. Like today, I did five uh, five reps of two eighty five. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> five of two eighty five. Mm hmm. That's that's I mean, just like silly. I said. I, I, I mean, I'm, end I, my life. You get, you get stronger <laughs> every day. So yeah. Did you did you lift right before this? Yeah, I just got done. I, I, left, <laughs> I, left, I left out of there because um, Nick had told me at three o'clock. So I'm thinking it's three my time, and then he's I'm in the gym. He's like. You good for 40 minutes? I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be here for at least two more hours. <laughs> Get, uh, so that's why I left early. So I are you going back to lift? Huh? Are you going to go lift again when we're done? No, no, no. I'm oh. done for the day. Light I'm day? Done. Yeah, we're going to try we're gonna try train some people. I train some people at my house, too, so. 
Who the hell is Rob? Rob, 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 Rob. So Rob has a few questions for you here. And by the way, before he gets going, who's the best who's the best pure shooter, just empty gym shooter you've ever played with or ever seen? Peja. Peja? Yeah, Peja. I mean, I remember I'd seen him. He, I don't know how many he hit in a row, but it's just so effortless. Tell him how many free throws you've hit in a row. 264. Damn. <laughs> if we how's get him down possible? to your gym, he'll do it. How's that possible? <laughs> My dad's been How you shoot it? My show him show him your form. No, do it again one more time. Now show him your pinkies. <laughs> Crooked pinkies <laughs> is the key. <laughs> well, that, that's why he makes it the short pinky. <laughs> and, and a little to yeah. the side. Yeah, pretty much. They're a little Dang. Yeah. So, so when you missed, what do you think? You, why do you think you missed? I mean, they're either gonna be short or long. <laughs> ne it never goes left or the right anymore. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. All right. I'm a look at all this doubt on his face right now. Okay, so you're talking. So I about, believe him. I'm just wondering, like, you you make 264. What was your feeling when you missed the next one? I was like, all right, you know, it's about time I did miss one. He was getting his own rebounds <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. His so own rebound. It's getting his own over, rebound. It took me about an over an hour on Dang. that one. So like when I was in college, I was wanting to make at least 100. And I got to 99, I missed. Got to 99 a second time, and I missed, and I was ticked off. So I said, all right, this third one, I'm going to get to 100. Well, I got to 100, and I was so pumped up. I said, well, if I can get to 100, why not? I can get to 200 because that's just, you know, two times in a row. So I got to 200. Good math. Yeah. So I said, all right, let's get to 300. So but I got all the way to 264, and I said, all right, well, I mean, I That's good work this. right there. That's good yeah. work. Yeah. Hit him with your questions. All right. So here we go. So, how long were your ears ringing after those games with the cowbells in Sacramento? Um, it was loud. I mean, it didn't bother me. You'd have to ask the the Lakers bench because they were right behind there giving it to them. So, I mean, it didn't bother me at all. Would any of the Lakers say anything about it, or could you tell it pissed any of them off? About what the bells? The bells. Yeah. Maybe Phil Jackson. I don't. I don't <laughs> think it bothered the guys, but you know, I think yeah. Phil was pissed. Well. That crowd was a lot like the college student sections uh, during your I mean, days at best, Arizona. The best fans that, that that I played in front of, and you know, every arena I went to, that was the best fans. What in Sacramento or Arizona? Sacramento. Okay. Were there any schools that reminded you of Sacramento when schools, you played? Um, maybe Stanford. Stanford was a lot smaller gym, so I mean, they they always used to jump up and down and make the floor the floor move, so the basket would move. So. Um, their floor was very, like, bouncy. So they, they knew that they, they could bounce. And I remember one game I was shooting a free throw, and I just I just stopped them and just told they had to stop jumping because it was moving the basket. Well, I'm an LSU fan, so it's unfortunate you didn't get to play at the Def Dome. Yeah. I mean, that one. So you had, uh, you had, <laughs> I had to say, I had, to, I had to throw my LSU Next guy in question. there. You had a, <laughs> He's dying over here. <laughs> We suck when you were over there, so in Arizona. Yeah, weren't that good. Yeah. You had quite a few clutch moments during your career. Do any of them stand out to you? Um, you know, the best, the biggest shot probably was in, in the game five in Sacramento. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I think it's a different shot to be down and hit it than to be tied or up and hit it. So, I mean, it was just, it was a big situation for me, a big shot for me, I think. 
And uh, we know that Vladi is number one here, but uh, who would you rank as the biggest flopper in the league while you were while Say you were some playing? Spurs. He's a Spurs fan. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear some Spurs. Hey, hey, quiet now. <laughs> huh. Biggest floppers. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of flops, I'm looking at your game five jumper here. Who's this? Is this who's this Laker that flopped on the screen? Fisher. Is it D Fish? That's what I thought. Yeah, it's Fisher. I, I mean, my man went flop. Did he? Oh, he flopped. Sam Cassell was a good flopper, but Sam was tough to guard too. He he jumped. You could slide. You couldn't even slide a piece of paper under him jumping. But he, I mean, he <laughs> could get his shot off. It, it it was amazing. He's hard to guard. Yeah, I don't right, think, think Webb hits him that hard here. No, he doesn't. But look how far he goes flying. <laughs> <laughs> I think you already knew that he was beat. <laughs> There's the man. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the biggest shot. Do you remember what you said career. right there? Huh? Do you remember what you said right there? I told you because I told Webb because, I mean, the play was for Webb to decide what he wanted to do. So now I told him, I said, if you don't shoot it, Webb, give it to me. I'll knock it down. And, and I made it. And I said, I told you. Another word was in there I saw, but yeah. <laughs> so I told you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, you know what? I have one more, though, for you uh, because you've been working out a lot. Um, and you're in remarkable shape, but you got to tell me what's your what's your go-to food when you just want to splurge. Oh, cheap food. Yeah, come on. French cheap fries. Do you French put fries in- and chicken strips. Do you ever get back to your Canadian roots and put some poutine on your French fries? No, I've never. I've seen that, but I've never had that. I don't think I would. I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's going to mess it up. That's going to mess my French fries up. I like them crispy, and I like them uh, with no seasoning. Wow. that Can't hate that. Do you have a, do you have a favorite <laughs> chicken strip place? Huh? Do you have a favorite chicken strip place? Um... It depends. I, you know what I like? I like to eat like a sports bar. So like sports bar food is, is like a cheap, good cheap food for me. Do you not like like any candies or dessert? I'm not really. I mean, I like peanut butter M&Ms. I like three musketeers. I like Kit Kats. But they all have to be cold. They all have to be cold. They have to be froze. Very specific person. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate ice cream only. Um that's it. I'm, I'm really not so sweets guy. I'm not really big sweets guy. Candy. Well, I can stuff tell like it that. you're 3% body fat. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> not more than that. Yeah, I remember I'm 42. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Um, well, we'll let you make the long trek back to the other side of your house to do whatever you got to do. <laughs> um, we Thanks appreciate for having you. me. I appreciate it. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it was awesome. Thanks again. No problem. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. We'll see you, Mike. Bye.